0: Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of my newest book, A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening. And like my esteemed guest, William Arnst, author of How to Suffer in Ten Easy Steps and producer of the film, What the Bleep Do We Know?, has explored the human and divine aspects of our energetic being to understand how to best deal with creating or manifesting a purposeful and joyful life journey. Hello, William, and thank you for joining us on Healing from Within. And I must extend a lovely hello to your wife, Deidre Hall, a former guest of the show, who discussed the book you both created, The Not-So-Little Book of Surprises, which sits on my coffee table. Uh, and delights me as it is so extraordinary and beautiful to look at and to read for listeners to hear the show Deidre and I shared please go to the radio page of my website <laughs> Cheryl Glick.com, March 2019 Special Editions William as listeners of healing from within are well aware my guests and I share intimate stories of metaphysical origins in the hopes of answering questions such As who are we, where do we come from, and what lies beyond this physical world and life. As spiritual beings having a physical life, our duality sometimes makes it hard to pay attention to our inner wisdom and remember that the outside world is not really the source of our happiness or unhappiness. And the question of how to create or manifest our best lives, has always been the quest for spiritual minds to investigate. In today's episode of Healing from Within, we will discover how William Ornst, as a research laser physicist, was able to explore spiritual life alongside scientific and physical life. Because the fact of the matter is... While suffering, which we're going to discuss, is inescapable, inevitable, and quite inconvenient, we must learn to work with all feelings and challenges. Like they say, you can't run. Well, they say, you can run. (laughs) You can hide. But life will find you, and the sooner you face your challenges, the better we all are. William, I always love to ask my guests to think back to their earlier life perhaps childhood, and remember a person, a place, an event, or maybe something that was imprinted on your heart or soul, which may have guided you later to become the adult you are and follow the lifestyle you are now living. So tell us what first comes
1: to mind for you. Well, um, you may find this surprising, but nothing came to mind, actually. That's okay. Uh,
0: <laughs> it's nothing, just, it's nothing
1: just, immediately popped up that
0: It's set hiding me on. a little bit, like uh, uh, it's just yeah, hiding wanna... below the surface a little bit. So, all right, think, think back to anything about your childhood that was either painful or extraordinary. Because that's what we basically have. We're always looking to go from um, a challenging situation to feeling good. Everything in life seems to be that balance between trying to go from one end of the spectrum to the next. So, tell us about a person in your childhood, perhaps.
1: Well, I, I, I the the thing that's coming to mind is when um, my dad was into. Uh, he was an amateur radio ham, radio operator. So he would always get, get these electronic things for for me for Christmas, and there was one thing, a Heathkit set where you could wire it up and create your own radio station. Huh? And this was AM radio, and it would go about a block away, and that was it. But I went and wired it up, and my friends and I um, created a radio station. We called it Radio Free Peasant Land for all, of the, for all the plebeians out there. And we would we would one of us would would get on there and, and do this show and the other person would like walk around the block with the transistor radio listening to it, pretending that you know, we were in the big time.
0: Well you see there it is and here we are on a radio show. Doing what yeah, you started you out are. doing so so long ago, and and you know what, uh, you have a very pleasant voice. So you have a voice that can carry a lot of energy and a lot of understanding to people who are listening. So let's go on to so tell us of something of life today, and what is most meaningful to your everyday life experience now.
1: Well, what's uh, most. Uh, What's the biggest thing is really it has to do with um, health and well-being mm-hmm. and uh, the fact that um, I'm going to turn 70 this year. And so I realized that a lot of the things I have been doing, or sh- I should say have not been doing that I probably ought to do or becoming a parent, having to do with just taking more care of the physical body.
0: Yes. Um
1: so really that's kind of where where my focus has been the last couple months is just making sure that i do all the little things that one needs to do to keep the keep the body happy and healthy
0: absolutely that's a very good goal now you do mention three main factors in how things work here in this life and uh, i liked reading about them because i'm involved in them all the time they are duality entropy and belief and you say duality is what philosophers call the inescapable name of the game on planet earth it took me a long time to realize that i was fading in and out of a duality between my spiritual st- self and my physical self as i had my step in my feet in another world because i'm a medium and I, I it took me a long time to understand how that works so tell us something about it
1: about duality. Well, it's the play. It's the play of forces. It's the dance. It's the Maya. It's all those things that just, you know, back and forth, back and forth. Now, one thing I'd like to say is that it's looking like over the last couple years, duality has become more and more pronounced. And we see this in the polarization, that um, we're experiencing in America, but this polarization is actually happening all over the world. Yes, and mm-hmm. it's like this energy wave that has come in and is really turning up the volume on this duality or the and the polarization of it. And because um, you think about you know twenty years ago, where there was a difference in political parties, but you know people there was a difference, but people basically got along. Yes. There's a certain civility, but you don't see that uh, these days. The polarization really? has gotten so intense um, that that's it. So for, for those interested in duality, we're we're we got a ringside seat right now because this is duality on steroids.
0: Yes. Well, I think it is spirit helping helping and awakening on a large scale of humanity because of the many problems we have on the planet to support uh, the number of people living here and the environment. And and I think it's very necessary for us to take a, a leap of faith into a higher dimension of consciousness and living with uh, the higher values of universal law or energy. Uh, we've lost a lot living in the physical world, and social media and the rapid uh, advancement uh, of how we're receiving so much information is overloading our natural system of connecting to spirit and the earth. And the simpler things, what you just said about taking care of your body. We can enjoy a long, healthy life if we slow down and we respect ourselves, others, and the process of a physical and a spiritual life. But a lot of the spiritual connection has been lost. And it's almost like the universe is trying to get us to awaken and remember who we are what life is about and how we can improve it. And you're right. It's happening on a very big scale right now. Yeah. So you go on to talk about the suffering. We want to get on to suffering. Now, I always say to people when I do an energy healing session with them, we have many choices. We can choose to be joyful. We can choose to be healthy. We can choose to to serve other people. And we can choose to suffer because some suffering will come into our reality because it's just the way of the physical world. But we don't. We have to feel it. We have to know it. We have to live through it. But we don't have to embrace it as our whole game, so to put it. So tell us about why do you call suffering the gorilla in the room?
1: I call it the gorilla in the room because it's the thing that basically... Um People tend not to talk about it directly, and also it's it's also the girl in the room. Isn't that it motivates so much of everything that people do? People go to all sorts of ends to avoid suffering, to make sure it doesn't happen. You know, mm-hmm. why do you want to earn a whole bunch of money so I don't suffer lack? You know, why do you want to find the your true love so I don't suffer loneliness? So mm-hmm. there's so many things. You know people don't want to suffer insecurity, so they they get all this stuff around them. So it's the girl in the room, and then it's this hidden thing that's motivating so much of our lives on the on the one hand, and on the other hand, once it lands, once something happens in in your life and you're suffering, people tend not to talk about it. People don't want to deal with it. People don't want to just sit with it and experience it and get the lessons out of it they want to run away they want to turn on the tv they want to get married to their iphone they want to do Mm. all this stuff they want to you know they they go to the bar they go to drugs they do all the stuff that people do to avoid the gorilla but unfortunately that doesn't make the gorilla go away
0: no so what makes the gorilla go away
1: well, what makes it go away is, for, first off, being with it. Yes. <laughs> and and then um, there's no one simple thing. Like in in the book, it's uh, how to suffer in ten easy steps. So it's kind of a satire of self-help books that promise you the world, and they say it's going to be easy if you just follow their cookbook of things to do. And my experience is it's not quite that easy. So it starts off that way, but the second half of the book, I talk about the six slippery steps to end suffering. And that's how, how do you get out of it? And there's various ways that you can get out of it, but those ways are slippery. Like for example, some say surrender. Okay. Something's happening, a tree falls on your house, uh, surrender to it. And in that case, well, you might as well surrender to it because there's nothing you can do. It just right. happened.
0: There's no choice. So in that,
1: case, in that case, it works. But there's other cases, like cases of um, some, let's say, social injustice, like the um, segregation in the 60s. You yeah. know, people, you know, you don't know. Don't surrender to that. That's wrong. That's the time to say no. We're going to stop. We're going to change it. So everything you... That you can do to get out of your suffering state, you have to use the wisdom to know when, when to do it and when not to.
0: Yeah. Well, I I think for our people listening, I'm going to say that most of our challenges or suffering can be opportunities also to reprogram or recalibrate our thinking, and to ask for help. I mean, I'm not. I've come to know that I can ask for help from people here or people in spirit, souls or energy or whatever one thinks is beyond uh, living a physical life and it works. So I have discovered that for me to be a truth and most people are afraid to show vulnerability but it's only by showing vulnerability that you really are living and that you are really taking these challenges and you are moving beyond them, above them, rising above them. So uh, there are many ways to do it, but the first thing is to accept it. The first thing is to know it, uh, to recognize it, and not to be too frightened by it. So that takes a a rechanneling of our thinking, so to put it. But let's go on to, what inspired you to write this book? I know your wife, in a way, did, because (laughs) I had a delightful talk with her, and uh, she's a very interesting person. So how did she inspire you to write this book?
1: Well, I was walking through the uh, living room about two years ago, and she was laying on the couch, and her back was out. She was just laying there face down, and I said, What are you doing, honey? And No no response. I said, Well... Well, do you want to go to the kitchen? Maybe we'll, you know, have some tea, have some chardonnay. What, what do you say? Well, you mm-hmm. like that? And she just kind of groaned. And I said, "What, Deirdre? What are you doing?" She goes, "I just want to lay here and suffer." Mm. And I just stopped because no one says that. Oh, what do you mean? So, and so I said, "What do you mean?" <laughs> You just want to lay here and suffer? And I kind of like you did laugh because it's like no one says it. So I said, well, you just want to lay there and suffer? And she goes, yes, I I just want to perfect my suffering.
0: Well, she knew something very important, that the only way she could get through it would to be yeah. in it. and to You know, that reminds me, when I was three years old, I looked up at the sky. I used to lay on the ground and cry, and everyone would just leave me alone. But one day I was laying on the ground in the Catskill Mountains, and I looked up at the sky, and I remember this clear as a bell, and I said, why did you drop me here? I I don't know who I was talking to, but I was talking to the, I don't know, but I knew there was such suffering here. I saw and felt as an empath so many people's pain and sorrow and fear, right? And I didn't know what that was all about and sometimes when i was crying it wasn't me it was what i was picking up from around me so i understand what she said and it's absolutely amazing and that in a way says to people something very important she wasn't only aware of her suffering she publicly admitted to it And she wanted to embrace it. Now, I don't tell people to embrace suffering for too long. Yes, you have to embrace it. You have to know it. You have to feel it. Because that's the only way you can leave it behind as a memory. And then as a memory, it's no longer real. It's in the past. And you only bring it to be alive again if you call it back into the present moment. So what she did was... (laughs) For me, very funny and very amusing and very truthful, and it's the way to go, so it it seems to be. Now, you say we have to take a humorous approach, as we're doing here just now, to a really serious and sad subject. There's a lot of suffering in the world, and I, as an empath, feel it
1: yeah yeah you gotta you gotta it's like uh my analogy is in a movie if you're doing a movie and someone's bored in the movie, the character's bored you don't wanna bore the audience so it, writing a book on suffering I don't want the people to suffer reading it and so I wanted you know to, to have this a certain lightness because because of the irony a lot of the a lot of it's just the irony of life oh well, to finish the story after she said. I want to perfect my suffering, that's when I said, I started just to laugh. And I said, (laughs) yeah, I said, someone needs to write a book, a self-help book, how to suffer in 10 easy steps. And because I have a, you know, odd satirical sense of humor, and I know a lot of people in the self-help movement so, I, you know, I just said that, and then she kind of rolls over and she kind of laughs a little bit, and, and so we start riffing on it. Oh, there should be a Suffering Hall of Fame. There should be this, there should be that. We had this thing, and five minutes later, she's sitting up, um, not feeling so bad. We go into the kitchen, and, you know.
0: You know what?
1: There we are.
0: The laughter helped release probably the blockage. In the yep. lower back, now, as an energy healer, yep. I, I know sometimes pain in the lower black, back is because a feel a person is not feeling supported or they might have uh, a financial issue they they It comes from an energetic source it doesn 't just come from a physical source, so you let her release that and laugh and and a blockage was released that 's a wonderful story that that's the truth if we don't allow ourselves to be brought too far down and we have the hope that we can rise above it we we will our thoughts are very powerful and our thoughts are creating much of our reality so let's go on to um you have a chapter the pseudoscience of suffering and you have details for readers to create their own sort of a uh, sufferometer, or th- to know the threshold okay. of suffering. So, just tell us yeah, about it,
1: that. Well, it's it's a sufferometer. Sufferometer. It's a okay. Su- sufferometer, and um, I say in my pseudoscience of suffering, and I have some charts and graphs and whatnot because I'm that's the way I think. And so, um, but at the end, I said any science, even the pseudoscience, needs a metric in order for you to gauge what you're doing. And since we're talking about suffering. We need something to meter suffering, the sufferometer. So I come up with this thing, and again, this is more in the earlier part of the book where I'm having fun with it, and, you know, I have to kind of come up with it. It's kind of, kind of funny and whatnot. And then I started to realize, well, wait a minute. This is actually a very useful thing. So if you have to gauge every day, let's say you put one up on your refrigerator, if every morning you get up, you have to say how much you're suffering, yeah. suddenly the gorilla starts becoming pretty visible. And the thing that I found out is that by having to say how much I'm suffering, I don't suffer as much because sometimes I would be just like in a bad mood and something was kind of bothering me, but it's like down, it's in the quasi-conscious. It's like half-subconscious, half-unconscious, half conscious. And by actually nailing it and saying, "Oh, yeah, I'm kind of suffering over this thing," and putting the sufferometer at like 35, then then sometimes I'll I'll just go like, "Well, I, this yeah. isn't something to suffer over. This is just this is just me falling into a repetitive pattern right. on something." There you and said it. The, it's not
0: so much. It's like a trigger, perhaps from childhood or when you were a young adult and something is activated again and you think you're going to go into that same pattern and and suffer but when you recognize it you can cut it off and you can stop it dead in its tracks almost but i like that you have to sort of know what your suffering is you have to recognize it otherwise uh... your mind will read a story and it'll go on and on creating oh it's this this or that and it might not be any of those things so i i, I think that's exactly correct Well, I get up in the morning, I do something a little different. I get up and I say, I'm in a fit and healthy body and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to have uh, interesting interactions with people. I'm going to feel the rain or sun on my face. I'm going to enjoy eating something I like and I'm going to have a good day because I am trying to create a process of wellness by creating the thought of it. So they both work. When yep. we, we go into suffering, we need that. And when we go into creating what we want for the most part of our life, we do the other. Now, tell us what you would like readers to take away with them after reading How to Suffer in Ten Easy Steps.
1: Well, I would like them to really uh, start looking at it. I, what I'd like them to take away is, is start reflecting Consciously on, on suffering, and you know how they relate to it. There's there's various ways. Some people, re- you know, when they suffer, they become a victim. Mm. Some people are very stoic about it. Some people want to make everyone else suffer with them. Some people um, use it to, to grow and evolve. Yes. So. The idea—that's that's what we'd is, like is, most of the people to
0: sort of—that grow right. towards. That would be the best.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is the best. Um, so it's really to start uh, examining it and taking, you know, the, the start looking at the gorilla, and start really saying, "Oh," and being being honest about, "Oh, yeah, I'm suffering over this," or, mm. "Gee, I, I, you know, I said something really nasty to my, to a good friend, and I really hurt them." And I'm suffering over that, so I need I need to go apologize. You know, sometimes it's as simple as that. But just to really no longer uh, ignore it, or no longer uh, just sort of sweep it under the rug, and then realize that there are a lot of ways you can deal with it, and there are a lot of techniques, and there's a lot of awarenesses that you can have from it. Um, and the other thing that but. That's on the one hand. The other thing that makes me feel the best is when people, when they're reviewing the book, they say how funny it was. Well,
0: we want to always keep a a light sense of humor in everything we do because it really does help. It 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 really does help. So I want to thank you, William Orn, author of How to Suffer in Ten Easy Steps, for sharing ideas of different philosophers, religions in your book, self-help health authorities as they seek to understand the duality of life in a physical sense and transcend that reality so we can experience pain and suffering as a natural state of the human condition but offer hope that it is indeed just an opportunity to learn grow and appreciate life more to read more and to purchase this book go to williamons.com. is that correct
1: no go to howtosuffer.me
0: Okay, thank you. In summarizing today's episode of Healing From Within, we have taken an internal, deep look at a topic which affects every human being, but is often thought of as uh, necessary and unavoidable. But we can look at it from a new perspective, perspective, as William has. We can find ways to benefit in all experiences good or bad and transcend the challenge with courage wisdom and a realistic look at who we are william describes catherine an ancient visionary in the middle ages who devoted her life to god and suffered greatly as that was her chosen path to god and william writes apparently catherine is not done with her investigation into suffering While visiting the Basilica of St. Dominico, my wife, Deidre, who, like Catherine, had been having visions from a young age, turned to me and said, Catherine is here. Standing in the middle of the Basilica, Deidre, myself, and our unsuspecting Italian tour guide felt a surge of energy, electricity, as all our hair stood on end. The guide stuttered, What is going on? Catherine wants you to know that suffering for her was a valid pathway to God. But that was then, this is now. Suffering such as was in her time is now no longer a pathway. The pathway now is to move to the end of suffering. It has served its purpose. Now, like Deidre, as an empath and medium, I have seen and felt and sensed extreme emotions by those around me, and the energy generated by the conditions of a world, a physical world that cause suffering, but have found the answer to understand and heal suffering lies within our soul energy of love, compassion, acceptance of the uniqueness of life and its oneness. William and I would have you know, in a world where there is still injustice, oppression, disease, death, there is also hope, renewal, and the path past apathy and non-caring to create thoughts and solutions to end fear while accepting the reality of life, but finding gratitude for perhaps the eternal energy of continuous change and personal self Development. We are here to feel and to find what is good within us. We hope you begin to move past suffering to embrace joy. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within, and invite you to visit my website cherylglick.com to read about and listen to leaders in the metaphysical, scientific, spiritual, psychological medical educational fields as well as the arts and music as we search for ways to improve the human and divine condition while seeking love and finding peace in our being shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com thank you